What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Make It Happen Mondays with your host, John Barrows. This episode is brought to you by our partners, Salesloft, Gong, VanillaSoft, Vidyard, Proposify, Owler, Sendoso, Out of the Box, and Zoom Info. Today, we're talking with Sendoso's Chief Marketing Officer, Daniel Fronin, who's going to speak with us about ABM, that's account-based marketing, and what it looks like when that particular model is in the weeds. He'll cover a bit about direct mail and how it complements the ABM model, and he's also going to talk about watching ABM turn to ABX and what that means for the sales space and why. Don't forget to check us out at JB Sales On Demand. That website is ondemand.jbarrows.com. Now, Let's pass it over to John and Daniel to make it happen today. You got it, John. Good afternoon, everybody. This is John Barrows Make It Happen Monday. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend and you have not gone batshit crazy yet, like some people I know, but I haven't, so I'm still holding on. Uh, And I'm actually looking forward to this conversation because I think it's going to be enlightening as far as where things are going here. Um, So Dan Fronin, what's going on? CMO from Sendoso. What's going on, my friend? Not a whole lot. I'm also trying to keep from going crazy, but I appreciate you having me on today and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one, Dan, because we're going to talk about account-based, right? Everything, with which is where things are going. Um, but before that, give people a little context of where you're coming from, a little bit of background, and then what you're doing over, what you know, what you're doing at Sendoso and what Sendoso is all about, because I think that that does wrap into this conversation quite a bit. Sure. So um, as you mentioned, I'm Dan Fronin, CMO at Sendoso. My background is predominantly marketing, sales, um, a little bit of trade marketing, which is actually marketing on behalf of sales. So mm-hmm. definitely love, uh, I love revenue. Um, I love storytelling. So I'm kind of a, a VP of sales or a CRO's best friend because I always think about that. Nice. Um, but yeah, in terms of Sendoso, I've been here for about a year and really um, our, our mission is to help uh, as many people as possible create those meaningful connections through direct mail and, and gifting uh, and doing it alongside um, what they do on the regular. So if you're an SDR, we plug into Outreach Sales Loft Zant. Um, if you're a seller, we're integrated into Salesforce and all of your tools there. And then on the CX side, same thing to really get those you know physical touch points in this really super pronounced uh, digital world that we're in. Yeah, and doing something to stand out, right? I think if we're trying to do anything these days, so exactly. cool. Um, look, the one of the things that has been kind of on my mind with this account based, like it, I don't know when account based marketing hit, right? But it was a couple few years back, and then it was like, holy, you know, everything was account based, and then it's kind of died down a little bit. And now it's starting to come back because I think people are understanding what it actually is and isn't. Yeah. One of the things that kind of bothered me though <laughs> when it first came out. Uh, was like this account, or, well, you know what, actually, I'll take it back. Account-based marketing didn't bother me, but account-based selling did because I'm like, wait a minute, that's not new. Like that's been around forever. Like in the whole give a shit, it, like to me, it's just about giving a shit about your customer and actually being relevant to them when you reach out to them. You know, and we've gotten into this point and click world where everybody's sending out a million things to try to hit their number, right? So Explain to me your view of of what's old is new now and whatever, and where we are today with the adoption of real, let, let's talk about what your definition of true account-based marketing is, and where are we on that evolution for companies to get there? Because I, I want to use that as kind of a baseline for the rest of the conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first thing that I'll throw out is I agree with you 100%, like account-based selling has always been there. And like I, I talk about the fact that I was in trade marketing where I was marketing on behalf of a sales team. 
If I wasn't hitting the 5,000 accounts that they cared about, then I shouldn't be their marketer, right? So I'm with you 100% on that. Um, So, you know, account-based marketing in itself, all all it really was, was marketers kind of waking up and going like, oh, instead of, instead of spray and pray, instead of just like going out and being like the creative team that just kind of happens to catch some, some leads here and there, and then let sales kind of use this, like, what if we were to, what if we were to align our efforts? And and to me, all it was was marketing kind of waking up and saying like, oh, we need to be more strategically aligned and um, kind of up level our game and and be more targeted like sales already is. Quite frankly, uh, thank you because I, I think that that's really where I went. Like it's like it's a realization. Like we got all we all got because my background's marketing, right? And when like content marketing hit, it was like it was almost like marketers were like. Yeah! Right. And it was like, giggity go. And now it's like blasting everything out there. Look at all this stuff. And it just got way overboard. And now I think we're kind of coming back to center here saying, all right, problem is what I see is that sales reps are now taking the that approach, right? It used to be, I think, you know, uh, you know, hey, let me be targeted, thoughtful, at least with my enterprise accounts, you know, SMB, you know, still a volume game, whatever. But now with these tools that you mentioned, and I'm a big fan of all of them, you know, the outreach, the sales loft, I mean, we're huge sales loft partners and Sendosa partners, right? And, and so we're, we're believers in this when used right. Yeah. But these reps are using them to blast out spray and pay just like marketers. And I, and I tell them, like, I don't fundamentally understand the difference yeah. of, a, of a sales rep, of a marketer using Marketo to send out a, bl- a billion emails and a sales rep sending sale, using sales off to send out a billion emails. So, or, yeah. And I've told my SDRs repeatedly at every company I've been at, if you're blasting, like, then I guess I don't need you because I've got a Marketo that can do that for me. So, <laughs> so thank be, you. The cur- be the curator and the, and the actual like human in this thing, right? <laughs> so what does that look like? What does good look like from your perspective of of real teamwork? Because, you know, I've been in sales for 20 something years. I don't even know at this point, but, you know, and, I, and my, bar, my macro, background was marketing. And when I came out, I heard about the sales and marketing divide. 24 years later, I'm still hearing about the sales and marketing divide, right? And all this other shit. So let's, what does good look like as it relates? And sorry, one more piece of context. Is it fair to say that account-based marketing isn't for everybody or account-based everything, you know, account-based sales and marketing isn't for everybody. It's, you know, SMB is still somewhat of a volume game, but the bigger you get with your like mid-market enterprise, that's really where uh, ABM or ABX comes into play. Totally. And I, so, I mean, I think of, you know, the reason that I think it's more than account-based marketing, whether it's account-based everything or whether it's just account-based is it's actually a go-to-market strategy. And in order to actually get it to work the way that it's intended, your entire organization from, you know, the way that we approach it at at Sendoso is like our ops team, our COO cares about uh, account segmentation and cutting up the market in different segments. Because we know that when we bring in the right customer, we also bring in a successful one that's that's good for our company and we're also good for them, right? right? So holistically, from what marketing is going out and attracting to what sales is selling, to what the customer success organization is taking care of. We're all on the same page with what that looks like from an ideal customer profile. Got and that's it. kind of the impetus for it all. Do you? Uh, so thank you. Uh, do, do you find that most companies do not put enough effort into really understanding their true ICP and their true personas? Do you find that they kind of just go through the motions on that with like so that they can run a list off of whatever list service it is and start making some phone calls? I think so. Cause I think, um, 
a lot of times what will happen is like in theory, it's like, hey, we've got these 20,000 accounts and we've cut them up this way and here's how we're going to prioritize. But then reality sets in and people's natural tendencies set in, which is, hey, like this is hard. Like I got to go after these tier ones and it's it's less volume, but it's successful. But man, like I feel like I don't have enough. And then it becomes that churn and burn game. And, you know, I equate it to quicksand where the faster you move in quicksand, the the faster you're sinking, you think you're helping yourself, but you're actually kind of tanking yourself. So it's really a discipline game. Is this a leadership problem or a rep problem? Uh, it's a it's a leadership problem. Um, okay. I I fully believe that um, the best reps are are you know trying to help their companies and they're trying to help themselves um, mm-hmm. equally. Um, and it's it's management's uh, job to create a framework and a way for them to be successful within it that that meets what the business needs and meets what they need. We're, we need to take care of them. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I fully agree as far as the management. I, I think it's a leadership thing all day long because, and, and my, I don't know, I could be wrong on this, but I look at it from a macro standpoint, you know, I, I'm guessing you're around similar age to me from like 44 or something like that, give or take, right? So we grew up in, in somewhat of a volume world, right? Where it was like, you know, hit the list and you make 50 dials and you get people on the phone. And it was really kind of pre-internet to a certain degree where people didn't have as much information. So when we made a call and I gave you a pitch, it genuinely, you could be like, holy shit, I've never heard of that before. That sounds interesting. Let's have that conversation, right? But now everybody knows almost everything about everything. So, but the problem is, is that as we've evolved, Gen Xers, we are now management, right? Yep. And I think we fundamentally understand what uh, that, that the answer is quality. I think we all look at that and say, okay, we understand that quality is the answer. We like being t- tailored to, I'm on Amazon, I get shown this, Facebook shows me an ad that's something exactly what I want. I enjoy that experience. I understand that's important. But it's really hard for me to coach quality. Yep. You know, it's easy for me to manage to, a number, hit 50 dials, hit 100. And I'm seeing that laziness factor, if you will, get ratcheted up now in a bad time of COVID when results are down. I'm seeing some organizations actually double down on their activity, which I think is the exact opposite direction we need to go in, right? Yeah. And do you, do you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, th- I, think, um, I think quantity only works if it's used positively to kind of create momentum and energy. Um, if, it's, if it's used to just hit a number, then it's going to fail because it's going to go back to that quicksand thing and it's going to make people feel desperate. I think that's why, you know, when I think about account-based, it's what you should really be diving into like, okay, activity metrics matter because you want to make sure people are fired up and they're, you know, hustling for their, for their dollars. Right. But, sure. you know, the next level deeper is, uh, what does that messaging look like, um, are you uh, are you reaching out to the right accounts or those accounts like if you have a tech stack are they showing intent are they in any kind of buying stage and really prioritizing and, and going after the right things so that you don't get the bad behavior of you know a hundred dials and five thousand emails right yeah, just, I just I just cringe when I hear it. again you know if you're a you know SMB you get one call closed two call closed type of thing okay. Um, but, uh, but okay. So let's paint up what this looks like, right? Let's say ideal case, we really dive into our ideal customer profile. We've segmented out our, our territory. I have a list as a, as a mid to senior level account executive. I have a list of a hundred counts that are in my patch. They all, and there are, let's, let's even say, let's even paint the best case scenario where they're all in a specific industry. 
Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I say best case as far as focus is concerned, um, but they're all in a certain industry. I have an SDR with me, right? Who can make some calls. I'm the senior AE on the account and I got marketing as a resource. Okay. So those are the components of the scenario. What does like literally tactically, what does good look like for us to give us the best chances of getting it? Who does what? How do we collaborate? What messaging do we, who sends what and when and how? Yeah. So I think about it. I mean, there's like your, there's your starting point and then it's what it looks like when it's actually um, become a flywheel. Okay. Um, yep. So to me, the, the starting point is, okay, you've got your hundred accounts. You've identified um, for this example that it's all in the same industry. What is the best performing content that's already out there that your audiences are resonating with? How can you take that content and start to humanize it and make it relevant um, in more of a one-to-one -one fashion? And then to me, marketing's responsibility is to help that SDR and that AE craft some, some decent baseline content um, that they can be going out with, but then letting them own it because they're the ones that day-to-day -day are using it. They're the ones day-to-day -day that are seeing the response rates. Marketing should be checking in every once in a while to make sure that we didn't give you content that th was three months ago when people were talking about something completely different. So that's when you get the flywheel. Um, the other thing is marketing should be developing uh, programs that engage with those uh, accounts. So mm -hmm. obviously you should be providing digital air cover, um, things like uh, our event out of the box. Um, you should be in yep. inviting um, target accounts to those things. You should be doing field level activities, uh, virtual wine tastings or something really popular for us right now to those target accounts. And then you should be coordinating um, sending both um, kind of brand play sort of sends that you put in the reps hands, uh, but then also allowing them to use sending as well. Uh, but the magic here for me, when you're coordinating between sales, marketing and SDR is what does it look like when you're done with those hundred accounts? Like, cause you know that they're not all going to act at the same time. Right. So do you have a mechanism to recycle those accounts and let marketing go and like educate them and for them to come back when they're, they might be ready to have a conversation. If you can, if you can think of that entire journey and a way for yeah. them to exit and enter, you can actually get a nice flywheel going. So it didn't sound in that, it didn't sound like you're, you're talking about marketing, sending a whole bunch of kind of marketing emails, right? So like, you know, and, and, and it's like the, you know, the events coming up or, Hey, we got this great white paper, you, you know, you're not talking about flooding those accounts with that content and then letting the sales reps kind of pick up the pieces because that's what I see a lot that that disconnect is marketing's like, Hey, I got to hit our numbers, our MQLs, our intent information. So we have to, we have to go after these accounts with this material. Cause that's what we got to do. And then the sales reps are sitting there and be like, Jesus, man, they've gotten like that person's gotten 15 emails from us in the past month. I think our domain is even on their spam list right now. I don't have a shot because we pissed them off. So so what's that balance? Because I do agree that like we need marketing air cover, right? We need that brand, you know, the impression game, right? They see Sendoso, they hear Sendoso, they, you know, that type of stuff. And there's a familiarity with it. And if it's all positive, eventually it leads to this, hey, you know what? I do need that right now. But what what's the line of, and I know it, it, it's the, it, the answer is always, de it depends, but what is that line of of too much for marketing to be, going after my accounts without my involvement. And then one more piece to that, do you ever send 
emails on sales behalf. Like, so if I was on your sales, if I was a sales team and I had my hundred accounts, John Barrows, would you as a marketer ever send out an email from John Barrows, but it wasn't from me? So those two pieces. Okay. So I mean, I'll answer the, the, the second question first, cause it's top of mind only if I've asked and only if it's a strategic reason to do it. Okay. So thank you. <laughs> I do believe that, um, like certain things like to back to our point around marketing automation can do that for you. Right. Yeah. If, if we're promoting an event and the SDR has done their part to get it into their cadences and mm -hmm. they need a, they need some help, then I'll do a forward style email. Like, sure. and that helps them hit their goals. And it's my goal too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the the bigger question around like how do you keep marketing from having conflicting goals and caring about the things that really ultimately just kind of piss off your 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 target accounts, your customers, and and I and I would say my, one of my customers is my sellers too, right? So not Absolutely, only yeah. off the sellers, but our customers um, is to have the same goals. So uh, at the board level, at the variable comp level, uh, wherever possible, like. I'm gold on pipeline and revenue. And nice. if MQLs are something that actually gets us to that pipeline number in a meaningful way with the target accounts that we're after, then yeah, that's in the measurement way down below as a health metric. But I'm not, I'm not hit and send on the database just to hit an MQL number at the end of the quarter. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, and anyone that's listening that's doing that, please stop it. <laughs> please, please. I'm begging you. It's, a, it's like they, I, I kind of joke about the CRO role, right? Chief revenue officer, like, you know, and it, and it really only popped probably like five or six years ago, the CRO role. And I kind of joked that the only reason the CRO is in that position is because because the VP of sales and the CMO just kept yelling at each other. And the CEO was sick of hearing their shit and said, would you just figure this stupid, st you know what I mean? Like I need a babysitter for my VP of sales and my CMO right now to make sure that they're actually working together here as opposed to yelling at each other all day long about MQL versus SQL and what leads are you know good and bad and everything else. Yep. Um, so cool. So so let's talk about like the different components now of account based marketing because I think there's you know one of the small tips that I that I give to reps as far as well the alignment between sales and marketing that I always talk about is the, the I think the best thing I've come up with which I stole from Gary Vaynerchuk is. You know, he talks about content is king, content is king. He said, fine, if content is king, then context is God. And that to me is sales and marketing, right? Marketing is content, sales is context. And if sales professionals are not putting any context around the content, we're no different than marketing and I don't know why we're getting paid to do what we do. So as an example, like Mark, right? So here's, here, tell me if this is a, is a good approach from an ABM, ABX approach, which is webinars coming out. Ideally, I coordinate with the team from a marketing and sales standpoint and say, hey, we're doing this webinar on the third week of the month. So we should create a campaign from a sales standpoint that includes that or like a cadence that is, I'm going to send you an email about this. I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send something in the mail. And then my sixth touch is going to be to invite you to this webinar, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be this blast email. Um, it's actually going to be, it's going to come from marketing. And then what I do is I say, as a sales rep, I want to be on the list. I don't want the name. I don't want the email to come from me. I want, I, but I want to be on the list. So I know when my accounts get hit by that, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that email from marketing, forward it to the executive and say, Hey, I'm not sure if you saw this email that just came out recently uh, about this webinar that we have coming up here. But the reason I think you should go to it is because, yep. is that kind of in line with account base, everything? 
Oh, I love that play. And and yeah. that's exactly right. It's like you're you're going after the similar set of accounts. You know that you want them at the webinar. Marketing's in that context, providing the air cover. Mm-hmm. The individual is, to your point, filling it in, making it human. Here's the air cover or here's the context. And then uh, driving people. I, that's That to me is like the, the most pure example of, of, of the coordinated effort there. What are some more examples? Cause I, cause I, that's the one I keep leaning in on. I like, and I dovetail it with like, even after they go, uh, and say they don't attend. Cause you and I both know like, you know, thousand people sign up for a webinar, 300 people show up at best, right? If you get a 30% show rate, you're psyched. So, but then, and the reason is because everybody knows that right afterwards, they're going to get the email. Hey, sorry, you missed the webinar. Here it is. Here's the link. Nobody's going to look at it. But if, I, but what I then do is I say, Hey, Dan, I saw you signed up for the webinar. I noticed you missed it based on what I know about you, if you start listening to this webinar around minute 15 and go from minute 15 to 26, like there's some really, really interesting tactical things that I think you might be able to get value out of. There you go. Right. But that's kind of one of my only examples of, of like of, of tactical sales examples of how to work together from a, from a sales and marketing standpoint and coordinated effort. What are some other examples that we could share with the audience of, of how a rep can work with marketing in that context? Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you twi- two quick examples. One uh, top of funnel, and one like actually within a sales process. So, okay. top of funnel. Uh, recently, we we got number one designation from G two Crowd for account based yep. execution. So, nice. we nice. thought like there's a gr- thank you. There's a great way to go out to market and and have fun with that. Right is to talk about like account based execution isn't just about personalization. So we created this cool direct mail piece where it said hi first name basically kind of making fun of that being personalization, a can of spam in there, as well as like some literature on what we do. (laughs) But the coordination here was, Hey, uh, Hey, SDRs, particularly at our com too, like give us your list of ABM practitioners that you want to be having conversations with. And then CMO myself would record a video. We went out with the offer of, Hey, this just happened. We'd love to send you some information on us. And then, that popped, people got the package, people took the meetings and then it created pipeline, right? So that's mm-hmm. a really good example of just a coordinated uh, effort to just drive the original pipeline. Uh, another one that was super interesting is uh, when COVID first hit, I think like a lot of companies had uh, a moment in time where your pipeline froze because people were trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Yep. Um, and we, we spent a ton of time around that and uh, created a, a a project actually called Project Pipeline Thaw, where uh, we coordinated with our AEs and anything that was a high value account that was in stage two, three, um, that just had gone silent. Um, mm-hmm. They nominated them. We uh, ran digital air cover on them. Uh, we gave the sales team uh, email templates to go out and personally outreach. We did a bunch of work on ROI case studies. But then we also provided them with a send, uh, which was fortune cookies. and. When the fortune cookies landed on their desk, um, you pop it open and it has an ROI metric on like why they should be using us. And uh, that unthought a lot of uh, pipeline and generated a lot of uh, closed one revenue. So there's so many different ways that you can coordinate your efforts um, all over the funnel. I mean, we do the same thing on the CX side with um, with customer surprise and delight as well. So, so, cause it, it seems to me like that, and this is why I like the ABX, everything is, is the the whole communication like you know in a euphoric world i'm a sales rep i have these 10 10 executives that i want i then go to you the, let's figure out like what do these people care about how do we coordinate this right 
But I think there's a lot of organizations that, you know, I think if you're a, a relatively small organization, right, with a relatively small sales team and a relatively small marketing team, there's that like real, like I can go to your desk, Dan, you know, I can walk, I mean, not anymore, but you know what I mean? Like I can walk down the hallway and be like, hey, Dan, I, you know, I'm trying to get into Coca-Cola here and or whatever it is, right? Like, can we put down, like bounce around some ideas and what we, you know, da, 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 da. But the larger the organization gets, the harder that is as, and I'm going to take it from a sales rep standpoint, right? Because I think the, the dream would be almost like I have a, I personally have a weekly meeting with marketing and say, this is what I'm trying to do. What do we have in the coffers here? How do we coordinate this? Cool. But you know, when you got 500 sales reps, that's impossible for marketing to have those type of conversations. So how do you, I guess, scale ABX and also me as a sales rep, what ownership do I have on how, how proactive do I need to be? Because I think a lot of reps are a lot of reps are reactive yep. when it comes to this stuff. It's like, all right, marketing's running their campaign again. Let me figure out how I can work on this. You know what I mean? Yep. But I should own my territory here. So, so what would you suggest in that scenario where you got one of thousand AEs working? They conceptually understand ABM they're kind of annoyed at marketing for doing a bunch of shit in their territory that that they don't <laughs> like or they don't they don't they don't think is valuable yep and I want to do this but like what's the approach here yeah I mean so <laughs> you gave me like flashbacks on my entire career of annoying sales teams so much <laughs> I was only trying to help <laughs> yeah I mean it, it get it right but it but it does get to that point where it's just like totally. God damn it like <laughs> Totally. So I, you know, from an, from an account based standpoint, uh, I break it up into there's one-to-one -one plays where, you know, maybe your organization is choosing like 50 accounts a quarter where you're just going hard on it. Right. Yep. And there's the one to few where, you know, marketing might be uh, creating like a kit that you can actually go out and uh, do something that's next level. Maybe that's like, you know, in the good old days, that's a field event or now it's a virtual field event, you know, We've created a send that you can um, that you can deploy at your discretion. That's like marketing funded and like higher end. And then there's that one to many where it's like, hey, these programs are just constantly running, and like yeah. you can tap into them. You'll benefit from it with like a lead that'll bubble up, or or you know maybe you've got a sendoso budget and you can do whatever you want with it every quarter um, right. as you're at your discretion. So with like the the one to one, I think. Is is where you can actually be somewhat meaningful in these in these bigger organizations because fifty Fortune uh, five hundred companies like if you can go take down three four or five of them a quarter right um, and you can put some of your effort behind it then that that moves the needle in a big way and that's yeah. that's worth the time so that's that means you might want to create a personalized web experience where when they land on the web page you're calling them out as a logo you've curated content for them. You're running digital that speaks directly to them. Uh, you're doing higher level, um, you know, maybe even pulling execs in and having the CEO send a message. Uh, and maybe you are doing like some like, you know, more expensive acquisition strategy there in, in a coordinated effort. What's up, everybody? I hope you're enjoying the episode. Send your sales wins to me, james at jbarrows.com, so that I can highlight you in our mid-roll every single episode of Make It Happen Monday. Today, we are highlighting Tom Alemo, who invested in JB Sales On Demand before he started his new sales gig to prepare and get JB Sales certified. Congrats on the new role, Tom. We've got your back. 
do you have specific plays that reps can choose that include sales? So for instance, I, I think that there's a decent amount of stuff of, oh, you want to you wanna send that box to the client? Sure. You know, click on this, we'll send them a box, right? But you and I both know if it's not part of a narrative, if it's not part of a story, it, it tends to fall flat. Like one of the most frustrating things I see is when a sales rep sends one thing and then follows up. Like I had this one kid who was like, I was doing a call blitz with him and he's like, he goes, John, could you, I, I need your advice on something. I, I ran this you know, campaign. And it just didn't, it, I got no, so I'm like, yeah, sure. What's up? And he, what he did was he took books, like a FedEx books, right? So a book to a C-level executive, right? He's like, I sent 25 books, 25 books, FedEx them overnight. He's like, I didn't get a single response. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, let me ask you, did you read the book? <laughs> the answer was no, right? So I'm like, first of all, like just that in and of itself tells me you, you, you're just doing shit to do it, right? Because like, you know how many stupid books I have on my bookshelf that I haven't even cracked a binding on? I don't need some dumbass sales rep sending me a book because it's somewhat relevant to my industry without having context, right? Now, if you want to take that level and read the book and then say, hey, John, uh, did you read that book I sent you out? As a matter of fact, chapter four talks about how blah, blah, blah. And I remember you said on a podcast, boom, like, holy shit, now you've gone to the next level. Yeah, but yeah. that was step one. The, the, but the the bigger problem was, I said, well, what was the story here? What was the what was the approach? It, like, did you have a narrative? Was it like a multi-touch thing or whatever it is? Or did you just send the book and say, hey, did you get the book? And that's pretty much what he did. I'm like, well, then you fucking wasted 25 books and 25 FedEx things right there. So, so do you have it set up when from an ABX standpoint that I'm a sales rep, I'm going after this persona, here's a play I can run that includes marketing, but there's points like if you if we do the cadence scenario here, there's points where it's absolute that sales has to do something here, right? Yeah. Is, is that, do you have that? Absolutely. So, I mean, we, yeah. you know, within the Sendoso platform in, and I'll take sending as an example here, yeah. is like we, we usually quarterly will set up different um, plays. So there's, you know, an example of one is like a money tree that we, that you can send to the CFO. If you know, you have some paper out for signature and, and Hey, like you're about to make a good investment, like just like this money tree. Right. And, and get their attention that way. Um, but then also setting up sending so that um, the AEs can do what the AEs do really well, which is know their prospects, know their, their future customers. And um, you know, like an Amazon integration and a budget to go, and say like, hey, last time I was on the phone, Sally was talking about how she was supposed to be in Hawaii. Like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send her, you know, this this box of postcards that I saw on Amazon, and say like, hey, I know you're missing Hawaii, but you know, here it is for you. That that sort of yeah. stuff, I think, goes a long way. And then when you think about the stuff that's like earlier around like SDRs and stuff, that's yeah. where we we really, if you want to get someone's attention and you've been educating them. Um, that's when you step in and, and say like, Hey, I know that this Sendoso platform is going to work with you, uh, work for you. So, um, click here so I could just show you, right. Like get bold that way. Or if you're going to be getting into a com two sort of account and you're going to be sending a book to your point, read it or, and know that the person's interested in the first place because maybe they wrote a blog on it or they mentioned it in their LinkedIn feed. But the more the more that you've actually taken the time to personalize it, the better off it's going to land, for sure. Yeah. Agreed. And and you brought up SDRs, right? What role do they really play in this world, right? Because 
you know, if you think about it, right, we got this, we, we got the AE who should be, and I'm putting quotation marks around should, um, very knowledgeable about the account, knowledgeable about the people and, and should be able to reach out directly and say, Hey, Dan, man, I've been following you for a little while here, blah, blah, blah. We should talk because, right. <laughs> and then you got marketing doing events doing things like that and, and, and kind of providing the air cover, sending out kind of some marketing emails, newsletters, whatever it is. And then you got this SDR, right? How, what does good look like with the SDR in that equation? Because I think people are, are really struggling right now with the value of SDRs in that world because they're they're not getting the meetings with the senior level executives anymore. They, I think in a, in a, in a growth economy, that was acceptable. You know what I mean? All right, kid, whatever. Yeah, we got some cool stuff. Hey, go talk to my, you know, whatever it is. But now no senior level executive wants to take a phone call from some 22 year old wet behind the ears kid who's going to ask him bant questions. You know what I mean? It's just not going to like, there, there's no interest in So the, the, their success, this SDR success has dropped dramatically it, when it comes to tier one senior level, high quality meetings, right? Yep. So with that, where does that where do SDRs fit here? And should we do we have to relook at the the their their the value, their approach, their 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 where they fit in the equation? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I I would I would argue that even in the best of times, uh, SDRs had a heck of a time getting C level meetings, yeah, um, and then and then this is just even more pronounced, right? So. Yeah. To me, it's uh, to me, it's more important than ever to make sure that you have, a, first of all, a data framework for your SDRs. So knowledge is power. So if you if you haven't funneled in, like relevant information on what that company might be surging on from intent topics, if you haven't given them in the information on what the the latest news is on that account, and just LinkedIn sales navigator to go and poke around and see what those people are talking about. Mm -hmm. And then you're not giving them knowledge, which equals power. So they're going to be that much worse. Uh, but I think the other thing here too is, um, you know, obviously there's the strategy of going in layers deeper and, yeah. and kind of creating that surge. And I think that that's more valuable than ever. But then to your point around the coordination between sales, marketing, and SDR, to me, that's where the AE should really be spending their time is like, hey, you loosen up the ground here with um, XYZ's uh, direct reports and then let me lob over uh, this message and this LinkedIn connection to, to kind of close this thing because I bet you they're starting to talk and, and starting to coordinate that way. Yeah, my mentor Jeff Hoffman calls that like creating heat. You know what I mean? Like you're creating groundswell momentum and you're gathering insights. I think right now, Obviously, meetings with qualified people who are in the buying cycle, that's the holy grail at this point. Um, but, but the real strong second value that an SDR can bring to the organization is insights into what's happening from a ground floor standpoint, right? Yep. Not only to, to try to get into the accounts, but also to feed back to leadership to say, hey, we've talked to X amount of people and this is what we're, we're seeing here. And this bottom-up approach, which I've never been a fan of in general, like, again, pre-COVID, you know, economy's doing great, top-down, I'm always top-down, right? Yeah. But now the flip side is actually more effective because you can, instead of guessing, right, you had said earlier, like, hey, I know we can help. Well, 
that's still a guess. I'm assuming based on your scenario, based on a few triggers that I looked out on your website and your persona, that you're having these challenges and therefore here's my solution. That's still an assumption though. But I think we can take the assumption out of the equation by unleashing the SDRs to talk to frontline people, yep. right? Like we're doing like Morgan and James on my team, uh, SDR, AE combo. Uh, James is the SDR, Morgan's the AE picking an account once a week and they're actually like James as the SDR, he's legit calling into frontline sales reps being like, what are your challenges? What's going on here? Hitting them up on LinkedIn, whatever. And doing research on the account itself, right? Looking for triggers and whatever else. And at the end of the week, they sit down and they talk and this, and Morgan's like, all right, what'd you learn? James is like, well, this, you know, if you're, like here's some trends and here's what's going on. And then the following week, J Morgan takes that information and goes hunting with it to say, hey, we've been talking to 15, 20, 30 of your employees and they're telling us that their challenges are this and whatever it is. And now I don't think I have a solution that can solve that problem, my friend. I know I have a solution that can yeah. solve that problem, <laughs> right? Is that kind of the essence of an ABM, ABX? Absolutely. I mean, that's definitely a big part of it. And that's something that we, that's something that we use personally as part of our strategy to bubble up meetings too, um, yeah. is you know, it's not uncommon for me to see an SDR reaching into an account, having multiple conversations for like a good, like 15, 20 days. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they're hitting the CMO and the CMO forwards the email over to one of the people that they've already talked to and boom, meetings on the books. And it includes your CMO like that, that stuff, it works. Um, how do you track that though? So how do you track the effectiveness of that from an SDR standpoint, right? Because going back to lazy, you know, Gen Xers who look at numbers, right? Um, I think that there's a challenge there, right? Because I, I'll give you a quick example. You know, early days, Morgan, when he was, you know, doing a lot of activity, right? Making calls, sending emails, whatever. All of a sudden we get an inbound lead. And I would look at that inbound lead and I would say, and I would look at Salesforce and I would see all of Morgan's activity and it would have, and it, but it wasn't for that person. It was for all these other people. And there is no doubt in my mind, all that activity is what drove that conversation internally to have somebody else then reach out to us the way they wanted to. Right. Yep. But how do you, there, there's, there's some, there's some gray area right there with who gets credit for that. How much did Morgan have to do with it? You know what I mean? Uh, if I'm a CMO, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of our CMO or was at the time, right? So, well, I could take credit for that. Well, no, 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 no. That's because of our marketing efforts, right? So how, how, do, you, how do you measure the impact of all this activity that, that the SDRs are doing that is, that is doing those impressions and potentially is triggering that, mm, we should go look at this? Yeah. So I, I have a core belief um, and I call it outbound equals inbound and inbound equals outbound. Okay. If, if and our SDRs are assigned to accounts yep. and if you're working that account and then you release it and then it inbounds, like I'm going to give you the, and it's really good outreach. There's no question. Like right. it was your job to seed the market there. It was marketing's job to continue talking to them. Uh, and run that digital air cover. And if we land it, then we landed it together and you're going to get your credit. And that's how you create the flywheel. And quite frankly, like, you know, let's say that you get really good at inbound outbound, um, then guess what? You get to raise quotas a little bit because they can do more. So it's a right. win for everyone, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. A uh, couple of tactical things here. Uh, do you believe that inbound and outbound should be the same role? Uh, that's one of those depends on the company, but I think, I think fundamentally, if you, if you have enough inbound, 
um, you should split it out so that your uh, outbound team is is really focused on hunting. Do you think SDRs should, and I agree with you, by the way, um, do you think SDRs should report to marketing or sales? I believe that it should be whoever is the most passionate about um, the success of that organization. Um, for me, it's always been, I mean, it's been marketing since I got into the Silicon Valley and um, I've kind of, I, I really built my demand gen teams around um, the SDR alignment piece. Cause I think that um, when you can get the two machines going together, it's just like nothing else. Right. Cool. Um, I see. I, I, th- I think it like that one's a depends for me because I think it also has to do with the company strategy of growth in in the sense that of, if you're looking at SDRs as a feeder system for your sales teams to grow your own sales reps, then there's a strong argument. I should say, hey, no, they got to go over to sales because marketing doesn't know how to manage sales reps. You know what I mean? We're a different breed. So you kind of have to have that sales manager to manage a sales professional if that's the track. But I see a lot of organizations saying, mm, not so much. Yeah, maybe some of these SDRs are going to go over to sales, but we're like more marketing and operations and working with these tools and looking at insights so we can farm up information. And then, you know, that's where marketing should be under. Yep. And then one more question. I think this is, this is the question that most people are going to ask. And I've seen asked before for Sendoso specifically, right? Cause we're talking about direct mail. It's part of a story. Um, it's works best when it's coordinated with a campaign. No question about it. <clears throat> um, but everybody's working from home right now. Uh, and it's creepy as shit for somebody to get me at my home address and send me a package. So how are you dealing that with your team right now? And and what are some of the things that you're doing to get creative to address? I mean, I think we're coming back now. You know what I mean? We're starting to see people come back to work and, you know, offices opening up. So I think we're starting to get that. But, you know, you don't want to have something. I think the worst is to send something to somebody as part of a campaign that sits in an office for three weeks because nobody's there, but yet you're still billing, you're still banging on that as you thought it was they got it at this date, right? So how is actually Sendoso specifically dealing with the lack of ability to connect with people for like from a sending on something physical in the mail to them? Yeah. So, I mean, very early on in COVID, like I think a week or two into when everyone started to shelter in place, we released a, a, a uh, product enhancement called address confirmation and really um, what it is is before you're about to to send someone something an email goes out and it says hey um you know i'm about to send you something this is the address i have on file um do you want me to send it there or do you want to confirm a different address and then by the way if you confirm this other address um i'm not going to see it as it's not going to go into my crm it's going to go into sendoso they're going to send it then they're going to delete it so to keep that kind of consumer side and business yeah, yeah. side separate. Yeah. And then, you know, that's evolved quite a bit too, to where we actually see a lot of that strategy, but then we also see a lot of like e-gifts and, you know, yeah. more down funnel sending where, you know, people are trying to create more experiences. Like I, I keep talking about virtual wine tastings because yeah. they're just like, they replace like so much of what you can't get in the field anymore. So those sorts of things resonate really well. And um, yeah, dress confirmation works really well. And I think ultimately, in a way, it, it, it's created this world where you can be a lot more targeted. Um, mm-hmm. You can be a lot more um, you know, in line with um, not wasting resources, both uh, from like an environmental standpoint, plus 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plus um, just yeah. money resources too. So, you know, I think I always try to find silver lining and I think that that's a cool development out of all of this. I thank you. I mean, my wife's an environmental scientist. I am, I am deeply, and I will tell you right now, and I'm going to ask people who are listening to this, don't, please don't just arbitrarily send swag. I can't fucking, excuse I can't stand it when I get a bag of shit. You know what I mean? Where it's just, it's another t-shirt. It's another Yeti thing. It's another, you know what I mean? Like, cause for me, it's actually a negative because all I'm looking at that, first of all, I'm looking at that is like, holy shit, that's like $50 worth of stuff that you could have donated to homeless, to whatever it is. And it's not relevant to me. It's got your logo on it, which you know, for me, it's like, I get it. You want me to wear it so I can put it on my blog and you know what I mean? Or you could catch a video of me wearing your shirt. I understand that I'm not going to do it, but like, I'm just begging people to make sure that what they send is relevant yep. to me and not just because it has your logo on it. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't mind your logo on it if it's relevant to me. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you see me, if you see me on this podcast, for instance, drinking a you know, uh, uh, a Red Bull, right? I'm drinking right now, right? And and I'm and it's or like a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, which I always drink, right? And it's always sweating and I'm always dripping. And you send me, uh, hey John, I was watching your recent podcast with Dan. I noticed your, you know, your your Dunkin' Donuts coffee was dripping all over you. Uh, here's a little koozie that that might solve that problem for you. Okay, cool, you nailed it, right? But please don't just send out arbitrary crap. Do you do you find that that I mean, it's kind of a rhetorical question, I guess, that the more thoughtful the gift and 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 less about us, the better. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's just um, that's just life in general. And I think even more pronounced now with with everything that's going on in the world is like people people want to do business and 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 interact with people that are thoughtful. There is no shortage of people that are asking me for my time in email on my phone. Uh, but it's the people who really, who stand out that, that are just that one step above thoughtful. It's like, yes, I will take 20 minutes. I will take 30 minutes because you, you, you nailed it. And, and I would be quite frankly, I'd be a jerk if I didn't do it. Right. And that's, that's a great place for a rep to be. It's like, you made him feel like you earned the right for that meeting. So, and, and I don't think enough reps appreciate that. That there is, even at the executive level of somebody like you who gets hammered all the time, somebody like me who gets hammered all the time, some CEO of a Fortune F company, there's a certain point where after, like, if you take that thoughtful of an approach and it's like a multi-touch fourth, after like the fourth or fifth time, you almost feel an obligation to get back to that kid being what? like, look, I don't know if I need your stuff, man, but I, yes, I'll take the phone call because of, yeah. of your approach. Right, we're because we're human beings. We're parents. We're yeah. <laughs> we're, we care. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to tap into that human side. It's yeah. now more than ever. Yeah, it is. It is weird. It's, I don't know if you saw the post that I did recently, but I, I took a two week vacation, and you know, and I look. I sometimes I feel like I'm I, I'm a little. Uh, you know, I'm talking, I'm beating the same drum, like personalization oh, it matters and all this other stuff. And I've been doing it for 10 years and whatever. So, but I know I'm not beating the drum too bad because I took two weeks off, shut my um, email off for the first time in my professional career. I legitimately did not check emails for two weeks. Okay. Didn't even have the urge to oddly enough. Um, came back 2000 emails in my inbox. All right. No problem. 
So I, I'm like, let me let me categorize these though, right? Bucket, right? So there's a lot of LinkedIn alerts and newsletters and marketing emails and whatever. And then there was sales, sales emails. 2,040 emails I got. 78 that I considered sales, like trying to pitch me something, whatever. Zero personalized. Wow, that's sad. Not one. <laughs> Inmails, 356 inmails, okay? Most of them were invites, templated, whatever. I don't care about that. But the ones that were pitching me, sales, there was 12 of them. Two of them were personalized. One of them was video. Guess which one I got back to? I would say video. <laughs> yeah. I, I said thanks, but no thanks to the personalized one. The video one, though, was, I was like, you, you hey, yeah. Out of the 5,000 things that I just went through, you're literally the only person that put a video together and made it personalized, like genuinely personalized to me. And I could tell you were an actual real person doing this. You, you win the jackpot, my friend, right? And it's just, it's, it, I, why do you think that, the last question I'm going to ask is, why do you think we're in this world where the, the, I think the logical brain says quality matters, but yet I'm still going to blast out a thousand emails. I'm still going to just try to hammer. Why do you think we're in this position where we are right now? It's fight or flight and it's, and it becomes desperation. So I, I think people's natural mind is this doesn't work, but if I don't do it, I'm screwed. And, and yeah. to me, it becomes this discipline thing, right? Where you just have to tell yourself like, no, like I'm spending my day differently yeah. and I'm going to measure how I spend my day. And if I see it move the needle, and I'm going to try that approach again. And I'm going to, I'm going to fine tune what works for me yeah. versus just like getting desperate. It's hands down a discipline. Yeah. And it's, and again, I think it goes back to what we said earlier about a leadership problem, right? Leaders are, are pushing their teams to do that. And I said this, that, that people didn't like it, but it, you know, cause everybody's bitching about leadership. I go, look, if you're going to bitch about leadership, you better have some data to back up why you're bitching. Right. Cause if you just come down and say, oh, this doesn't work, but yet you have no data to support it, or you haven't done what I'm asking you to do, I'm just going to keep telling you to work harder. Right. So I said, Hey, treat it at, you know, everybody has a side hustle, right? Like, Oh, whatever it is. I'm like, treat your job as a side hustle. Like do your 50 dials a day. Like your boss is asking you, but then at like five o'clock at night, stay a couple of maybe an hour or two later or whatever, work a little bit longer. Heaven forbid we ask people to fucking do that these days. Um, and, uh, and, you know, take 10 accounts, sit down, do research, come up with thoughtful content, send them something in the mail as a side. And then a month later, come to your boss and say, hey, boss, look, I've been doing your 50 dials a day thing, managing my numbers. I've noticed, here's my conversion ratio for those, okay? Yep. I've taken 10 accounts every night, been thoughtful, researched them, done this approach, whatever. And it's taken me a couple of hours to do it every single night. But look at the fucking results that I've got. And hopefully they're night and day. Hopefully it's like I'm getting a 1% response right here and I'm getting a 5, 6, 7, 8, 10% response right here. Or I've gotten two meetings with your approach and I've gotten 15 meetings with my approach. Present the data and then say, what do you want me to do here? Yeah. And if your boss t still says, go do that 50 dials, then quit. Then absolutely quit, go to another job because you're never going to win that battle. Yep. But if you got a reasonable manager, they should be able to look at that and say, holy shit, yes, stop all the 50 dials, do that. Yeah. Right? And then the good manager is going to say, how can, I, how can I actually change the process for my entire team to make them more like this shining example, right? Exactly. Um, 
that's a different podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Awesome, Dan. Well, you got we got some cool stuff coming up here with you guys. You're doing this. Talk to me about the uh, out of the box thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, so we have an event coming up on September 17th called Out of the Box, and it's it's really a lot of what we've been talking about today. It's how to orchestrate account based across um, marketing, sales, and CX, and really get that coordination across your. Uh, your company. And we have some killer speakers such as yourself. I know Morgan will be there. Yep. Uh, we've got Latney from Sixth Sense. We've got Leela from uh, SurveyMonkey. So it's going to be great. Um, we have a ton of different content that's both visionary, but then we realize that visionary only goes so far. So we actually have a whole track of um, really tactical stuff that you can actually take away uh, and go implement at your own company um, to to hit goals in these crazy times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna do my best to kind of bring some some a little bit of both, right? Like a little bit of the kind of visionary where things are going, but also like super like all right, tactical. What do I do, right? Because yep. I, I think one of the one things I want to I always try to get across is how can you do this on the cheap? You know what I mean? Like, so it, you know, in in the best world, we have Sendoso, we have sales loft, we have, you know, intent data, we have all these wonderful things at our disposal to be able to run this. But let's be honest, most companies, you know, they don't have all that tech stack to be able to do that. So how can we do this in kind of a, I don't say a hack way, but in a, like, what, what can we do to, to do this ourselves if we don't have those resources? And that's what I usually try to boil it down to, to say, Hey, look, Here's how you can do it with an Excel spreadsheet for crying out loud, okay? Now, if you have tools that just amplifies how to do that more effectively. Yeah, which I'm a huge fan of. I mean, a lot of, some of my best programs started with a framework in mm -hmm. an Excel document and then you prove it and then you go, okay, now I'm gonna go scale this thing with technology. Yeah. There so, you go. All about it. Awesome, Dan. Well, look, how can people find out more about you, Sendoso, where do you wanna point them? Yes, yeah, sendoso.com for uh, slash out of the box for anything about our event. And then for me, I'm on LinkedIn as Daniel Fronin. I'm on Twitter as Daniel Fronin. Love connecting with people, love uh, talking shop, whether it's sales or marketing or uh, life in general, man. Hit me up. <laughs> cool, man. And uh, just for everybody listening, it is F R O H N E N. So Daniel Fronin. All right. So look him up on LinkedIn, follow him, reach out to him, and definitely join us for the uh, outside the box. That's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dan, for everything. I appreciate the time here. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. And everybody else, hopefully you got something out of this as much as I did here and, and it got you to think at least a little bit, uh, whether you're a leader out there trying to figure out what the hell to do with your team on this or a sales rep struggling to figure out, you know, how you can get better. Uh, hopefully you pulled something out of this. And like I say all the time, if, you know, even if you're having a shitty day, uh, go out there and make somebody smile today. Because, right, you know, uh, even if in your worst day, if you made somebody smile, you know you had a good day. And so, again, we need a lot more of that right now. So thanks, Dan, for your time, man. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Absolutely. Thank you. All right, cheers. All right, everyone, that was a fire episode. Thanks, John and Daniel. So don't forget to send us your wins. We want to hear from you. And remember that you can get world-class training at ondemand.jbarrows.com. Check us out on Facebook by joining the Make It Happen with JB Sales Facebook group. And we'd appreciate a review from you. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get the latest sales tactics and inspiration sent directly to you every week. Let's make it happen, y'all.